morning. It's good to see you guys. Well, time change got a hold of you, didn't it? I saw that time change. It happens in what they call the 3-4 window. It's not a pretty thing. Um, but I got to see it. It was... Rich, you okay? Oh, I got you. Well, a lot of guys in here got trouble doing that over the years, so. There's a few of us that can understand. We, uh, we're so glad that you're with us this morning. Thank you so much for coming to worship with us at 24. Uh, I want to uh, uh, want to just say a quick thank you uh, to all the folks that uh, helped with uh, the consignment sale this week. Uh, that is such a huge undertaking uh, and has gotten just bigger and bigger and bigger. There's so, ma- so many people uh, that have to do with that and have had to do with that. And, and like most ministries, uh, that has built on the shoulders of people that have poured into that in the years past. And uh, it's just amazing even just hearing some of the things that I've heard in just the last couple of days about conversations and, uh, you know, different things, even, even, even money, you know, just uh, uh, hearing how that's going to bring money into our kids' ministry and that kind of thing. I mean, it's just exciting. So uh, just a quick thank you to everybody uh, that helped out with that. Also just want to make mention of uh, we talked about last week uh, that we're going to be having another big give at the end of this month. Um, and I just want to invite you to pray about being a part of that. If, if this is your church home, uh, I just invite you to pray about uh, what it might look like uh, to set something aside for that, something extra than your normal, uh, normal offering, normal giving, and uh, just just something to pray over, just something to uh, say. You know, I'm I'm going to see you know what the Lord might lay on my heart. Maybe maybe you own something you want to get rid of or feel led to get rid of, or uh, you know that you don't use. Maybe it's something that you do use. Maybe it's a sacrifice kind of thing for you. Again, something that we're just encouraging. Uh, everybody that's a part of our church to just just pray over, pray and seek the Lord, and however He leads you in that, uh, we're hoping to use uh, some of that money to try to move forward with doing some of the sound things and different things that we've got uh, coming up here as a church. Uh, uh, we, we really want to get the stuff behind us that we need to spend money on, as far as like building things and all that, and be done with all that, uh, and really get focused on. Uh, the ministries that God has called us uh, to be a part of. We're talking a little bit about that today even. so. Uh, but anyway, just, just be praying over that. That's coming up toward the end of the month. Um, so today I'm, I'm doing this from uh, a table, uh, and it's not the first time I've taught from a table. Probably won't be the last. Uh, kind of like the whole teaching from the table thing. It's, it's a lot more fun, though, like when I have people up here. I'm not doing that today. Uh, although you never know. I might bring a couple people up here. You never know. I'll just call on a couple folks that, you know, might be not willing to come up here and make them come up here, you know. Uh, I love doing that kind of thing. No, I won't do that. But, uh, uh, but today, the purpose in, in this is, uh, is something that uh, uh, is no stranger to folks if you've been here for a long time. Uh, I have talked about uh, the table and the church and the church being a lot like a table and some of those things uh, in, in a very long ago past uh, and really just felt like as part of the message today, it was just fitting uh, maybe not to uh, talk about all the things we've talked about in the past with some of those things, but uh, to at least touch on a couple of those things and just to teach 
uh, in this way today is just a reminder of what God has called us to. Uh, you know, it's, it's easy for us to get comfortable uh, in life, you know, and I, 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 could get, I could get comfortable teaching like this, to be honest with you. It's kind of more like a talk show. I just kind of need some chairs up here and, you know, uh, you know kind of rib people as they come up here and uh, tell funny stories about them or whatever. But, uh, you know, the, the truth is, is that, that uh, uh, many, many years ago, we talked about how the church is a table uh, and we come to it in different ways. Uh, and there's different ways to come to the table uh, and different aspects in which we're called to come to the table. Um, and and we'll, we'll talk about some of those things here in just a minute. Um, as we've been talking through uh, Worth It uh, over the last couple of weeks and, and have a couple more weeks to go with this, uh, we've been talking about the mission in which God has called us to. We know that our mission as a church, part of that mission uh, in gospel, family, and mission, uh, we know that part of that mission uh, is that God has called us not to have a club here. We're, we're not called to uh, just come and get comfortable. It's, it's easy to... It's easy to want to go, uh, you know, to somebody's house and sit down at the table and just kind of have people wait on you, right? I mean, I, I enjoy that. You know, who, who doesn't enjoy that? That's, that's, one of the, that's one of the great blessings of going out to eat is we go and we sit down at a table and people come and wait on you and they bring you the food and, you know, you don't have to do anything other than pay a bill and eat. Um, but we as believers are called to more than that when it comes to our calling at the table, and, and it has to do with us serving others. And so today, so today that's what we're talking about. Uh, our little table talk today uh, is us talking about serving uh, one another, and, and one another being each other within the body of believers as a part of the church, but also as we go out, our neighbors, neighborhoods, uh, people groups that God calls us to, uh, certain types of ministry, we've been talking about plenty of those lately. In fact, I, I'll throw this at you. You can be praying for us right now. Our staff is going to meet this week with uh, some folks that are doing some addiction ministry that uh, we had the privilege to get to hear about uh, this past week. And, and just even in hearing about it this past week, uh, I think we were just very moved in what, uh, what, how God is using these folks. Uh, and we're going to see if uh, God is calling us to maybe partner with them in some sort of way. But uh, our call to serve one another is, is far and wide. And we're going to look at that uh, here in just a minute. Uh, one of the things that I remember uh, that has always stuck out to me, there was, there was a whole lot of stuff that we put together uh, in a packet. In fact, I've got that thing sitting on my desk. I should have brought it in here. Uh, from 2004 that we made called, uh, um, uh, what was that thing called? Well, anyways, basically like a plan for how we were going to church plant proposal. Uh, how we were going to try to start the church. Uh, and we would share this with people, and it would talk about, you know, the need in the area and, uh, you know, our, our approach and what we hope to do as a church and who we were feeling called to be as a church and many of those kinds of things. And at the end of the day, one of the things that stood out to me, there's a lot of statistics in that, I'm pretty sure, but the one statistic that always stood out to me was that back in 2004, it was uh, understood at that time due to a census or something going on at the time that in this particular area, the north side of Nashville, going up toward Clarksville, uh, and I don't know where the boundaries were to this or whatever, or how they exactly figured this out, uh, but it was uh, guesstimated that 86% 
of people were unchurched. 86% of people were unchurched. Now, granted, that was 2004. Uh, has it gotten better since 2004? I, I'm going to guess probably not, but uh, let's, let's say that secretly there's an underground church going on that's just leading everybody to Jesus and, uh, you know, <laughs> and we've gotten to 80% or something, you know. Uh, still, that's a, staggering, that's a staggering statistic. And I think for most of us, I think that we just assume, well, we live in the Nashville area. We live in the uh, belt buckle of the Bible belt. You know, I mean, like it doesn't get more Christian than to live in middle Tennessee, right? And the truth is, is that's not true. There are so many people. We've ministered to and seen so many people come to know Christ over the years who truthfully never knew who Jesus even was. They may have heard of Jesus. They may have heard of a church. They may have known of churches. They may have seen churches. They've never been to one, never heard the gospel taught. And there are still so many people in that same boat right around us all the time. 80, 86%, let's, again, let's say 80%. 80% of people around us unchurched. Now, are all them... Are all of those people not Christians? Now, I, don't, I wouldn't say that. Uh, you know, but are, is there a, a, a great majority of them that are probably not believers? Yeah, I think that's probably true. And I, and I think that that's something for us to think about. and It's something for us to remember. Uh, something as we're called uh, to, uh, as we were called to plant a church 16 years ago, no different than why we were called to plant a church then is why we're led to be the church now. We didn't get called to plant a church to reach people that were lost, because we didn't, we didn't plant a church to try to reach a bunch of church people. We weren't like, hey, let's go see if we can uh, start a church and try to get a bunch of people from other churches to come join our church. No. In fact, the people that were a part of this church in the very beginning said, I understand that I'm called to be a missionary here, to reach people here. I want to share some scripture with you. Luke 10 Luke 10, Luke 10 verse 1, and it says this, in fact, if we've got uh, ushers that might want to bring Bibles, if you, need a, if, you need a, if you need a copy of the Bible, please just raise your hand and uh, let them get you one. If you don't own one, you can keep that one. We'd love for you to have that as a gift. Luke chapter 10, we'll give them just a second with that, and uh, this passage is one of those passages that I, I just I love, and it just speaks to us, and it challenges where challenges us where we are. Uh, but Luke ten verse one it says this: It says, "After this, the Lord appointed seventy two others and sent them ahead of him, two by two, into every town and place where he himself was about to go. And he said to them, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few.'" Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Go your way. Behold, I am sending you out as lambs in the midst of wolves. This passage is very challenging. This passage shows, shows us something that, that Jesus was doing at the time where he was sending people out uh, two at a time, it says there, two by two. Uh, into every town and place where he himself was about to go. You know, the interesting thing about that that I think uh, when, I, when I was reading that is that it's almost a little backwards of what we experience. I think, I think for so many of us, 
we're afraid to go a lot of times because uh, we're uh, going alone. And the truth is, is we're not called to go alone. We're called to go together. We're called to be the church. We're called to be the body together, to serve together, minister together, love together. And in this, in this passage, one of the things that we see here is that we see that Jesus gets to a point where he starts sending people out into the towns uh, before he gets there so that they might have a clue of who he is before he even arrives. And I, I'm sure that was pretty interesting to be those two guys or gals that are going into these towns and sharing about Christ. Hey, guess what? This guy's coming to town and he's the savior of the world. I don't, I don't know what their, I don't know what their lead-in was in conversations with people, and it gives even more instruction after verse three that we're not going to get into, but you can read it later. Uh, in fact, I'd recommend you read through that old chapter later. Uh, but this, this, this idea that they're doing that had to have been pretty interesting for them, and I wonder like what the reception was like for them to do this, to to see in this moment, like you know, preparing the way for Jesus, kind of a John the Baptist kind of thing. But the interesting thing to me that sticks out, number one, is the two-by-two. Two. I think oftentimes we're thinking about doing this alone. And again, we're not called to do it alone. But in our minds, we get to the point where we're like, oh, I've got to do this, and I've got to do it by myself. And you're like, well, what about at work? You know, I've got these coworkers I feel led to talk to. Have you been praying that maybe somebody else at work might also be a believer and might be willing to do that with you? There's all kinds of things in which the Lord wants to work in that I think a lot of times we just shut the door before uh, we ever allow him to open it. And in this particular situation, we see uh, Jesus sending these people before he gets there. And I think one of the interesting things is on the backside of Jesus now crucified and risen from the dead is that we have the Holy Spirit. And we can pray and ask God to go before us before we get there. So whether we've gotten, you know, somebody primed and ready by, you know, somebody having a conversation with them before we get to them, God himself can do that through the Holy Spirit. And what a blessing for us to be able to be reminded of that. Jesus goes on in verse 2 and he says to them, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. I think that a lot of us realize that we're called. We're called to go out. We're a little freaked out by it sometimes. But the truth is, is it's, it should be just natural. It should be part of our lives. I, had, I got to have lunch with one, of my, uh, with one of our pastor friends, Gary Morgan, this week. And, uh, and he and I were having this conversation about just what it's like to build relationships with people and naturally, as we get to know them, begin to be able to share who Jesus is with them because the relationships are natural. Instead of a, hey, I just met you, I'm a pastor, here's my card. You know, let me talk to you about the church. Let me talk to you about Jesus. You know, and, 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 and you know, nothing wrong with those approaches all the time, but, you know, it's, or, or some of the time, but, you know, all of the time, you're going to strike out over and over and over again. People want to know that you care. And we do care. But if we only show that we have some agenda in our caring, then why would they ever listen to us? This idea 
that the harvest is plentiful but the laborers are few is, is a convicting scripture. I mean, it's convicting to our hearts to be reminded that we're called to be a part of something much bigger. And I think for a lot of folks, they take the, the latter part of that where it says, therefore pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. And we're like, that's what I'm going to do. That's my calling right there. I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray that God will send some people out. Instead of going, okay, Lord, I know that you're calling me to go out. It's a both and. We're called to go out and we should pray for God to cultivate in the hearts of other believers that they should too. The table brings about this thought of what's for dinner. What's for dinner? I mean, I don't know about you, but I, I, that, that's, that's, a, that's a question on my mind a lot. You know? I mean, like I'm constantly, you know, I mean, some, some days that's like the only downtime I've got is the, is the time in which I'm going to sit and eat. And so I'm, think, I'm thinking ahead, like, what, what are we going to do? What are we going to do for that? What are we going to do, you know, how, what are we going to eat, you know, where are we going to go? What are we going to have? John, 30, John 6, 35, Jesus says, I am the bread of life. I am the bread of life. You see, when people come to the church, they come to the table of the church, what we should be feeding them is Jesus. He says, I am the bread of life. In fact, you take all of John 6, and if you look at John 6, we have Jesus teaching all of these unbelievable passages of Scripture, just one right after another, of uh, understanding who Jesus is. Uh, and, and, and this whole like living bread, John six fifty one, not on the screen. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. This bread is of my flesh, which I will give for the, for the life of the world. John six fifty eight. this is the bread that came down from heaven. Your forefathers ate manna and died, but he who feeds on this bread will live forever. You know, we want to we help feed people. Like, we want to physically help feed people. But the truth is, is that we want to do more than just physically feed people. We want to spiritually feed people. We want to feed people with the bread that will allow them to live forever. That's huge for us today. John 4.34, paraphrased, being my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. This is the call of Christ on his life to do what the Father has called him to do. Our call is not any different. Something that we have talked about with the table in the past is that the table really should be uh, made up of different types of people, you know. Now, you could take that to mean a couple of different things. You could mean that as a diverse church and I long for our church to be a diverse church. Uh, and I realize that our community is not also diverse at times, but it's getting more so, and I long to see our church to match it. But one of the other things that I think in what we're called to be when it comes to diversity in the church is that it should be made up of mature Christians, it should be made up of new Christians, and it should be made up of people who don't know Jesus at all. In fact, I think, I think a healthy picture of that would look like thirds even, you know? You say, well, Chris, how do you, how do you figure that out? Well, you don't figure that out. But, I mean, I, I think just hypothetically speaking, 
Our church should be a church that is feeding all of those people. We should be a church that is feeding and discipling uh, mature Christians. We should be a church that is feeding and discipling new Christians. We should be a church that is reaching and explaining the gospel and loving all new Christians. It's just, I mean, you know, it's just, it's simple. You know, but the truth is that I think so many churches get to a point where it's really just all about, you know, just feeding, 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 feeding mature Christians to the point that they become people who are comfortable at sitting at the table and over time they just get spiritually fat, you know? And they're just like, oh, well, you know, I just, I go to church, yeah, I go to church and sit there and. You know, well, I got to tell you, the preacher's message last week that wasn't that wasn't very good. I didn't like that he talked about money. Uh, you know, but uh, you know, week before that's pretty good. That was that was a good one because we talked about you know loving people and reaching them and did Jesus stuff. Yeah, you know. But I mean, it becomes like you know, it becomes like everything else in this world, where you know KFC runs out of chicken and everybody's losing their minds, right? You know, it's like. You're there to make me happy, KFC or the church or whoever it is. And the truth is, is that can't be our outlook. Because if we all come to the table only to eat, then who's going to serve? If we all come to the table only to eat, who's going to love on that new believer? God has called us to so much more than to just show up and, and, and just sit at the table. God has called us to serve Him. James 1.22 says, But be doers of the word and not hearers, only deceiving yourselves. And I think a lot of times we end up kind of deceiving ourselves and go, well, hey, at least we got up. You know, we got, you know, tag, you know, tag, on, tag on for me. You know, I, we did a, I did a great thing today. I got up and I went to the early service even with the time change. Look at me. Jesus, give me a ribbon. John 6, 24, again, part of that John 6 passage I was talking about earlier. John 6, 26, I'm sorry, says this, says, Jesus answered them, truly, truly, I say to you, you are seeking me not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you, for on him God the Father has set his seal. Jesus is saying, don't get caught up in working for the food that you eat physically. Labor for the food that will provide eternal life for those who don't know Jesus. This is big for us today. Huge for us today. And the thing is this, everybody wants to be a part of a healthy church, right? I mean, we want to be a part of a healthy church. We want to be a part of a church that serves its community well. We want to be a part of a church that loves its community well. We believe it's worth it. We've done all of these things. We We surely didn't raise money and aren't still giving and sacrificing and all these things that we could set in this building just renovated just so that we could stare at it. Surely to goodness we wouldn't do that. 
but that it would be about those people which God has called us to because we believe that as a church, a healthy church, again in thirds, that we have mature Christians, new Christians, and people that have never come to know Jesus all together at all, and that we have this great opportunity to see the table grow. But as the table grows, it takes more people to serve it takes more people to bring the food to it. You ever been to Monell's? Who's been to Monell's? Raise your hand. The blessing is yours. The rest of you, I'm so sorry. Monell's is this restaurant, I, you know, I don't even know how they're handling COVID-19, but uh, especially you'll understand once I explain it a little bit. Monell's is one of these southern cooking restaurants uh, in Nashville that I, I've, I have loved for many years. Uh, in fact, uh, I, I, one of my fondest memories is a, a night that I took Aaron there when we were, uh, we'd been dating a couple of weeks when we first got together, and it became obvious while we were sitting out front in the street that uh, she was wanting to break up with me because she was worried about her old boyfriend. Um, real, real good times. Uh, we, we pushed through. Uh, she went back to him and then came back to me, so it worked out. Uh, but uh, that's the paraphrased version. Uh, but you know, Monell's this awesome restaurant. You go in and you sit down at these huge old tables and you literally get, before COVID-19, you literally just get set down with people that you've never met. And they just start bringing out, I don't, I don't mean plates and I don't mean baskets. I mean small buckets of food. And they're just sitting, small buckets of food. Here's the fried chicken. Here's the green beans. Here's the ribs, you know, I mean, and it's just like boom, 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 you know, and, and, and you just pass that stuff around the table when, you know, and you're like, well, what if those people at the table that came with you, what if they eat all of the thing that I love the most? Well, guess what? They just keep bringing it. It's better than a buffet. You don't even have to walk to it. It just comes to you. It is amazing, you know? Huge, big old tables, you know? And it's usually we got, you know, two or three different folks that are waiting on us in the evening when you're there eating and that kind of thing, and, and that's great. But it's a reminder for us that as the table grows, so does the church grow, so does the people that serve, the body has to grow as well. I bring this to your attention just to say, as your pastor, if you go here to church, this is your church home, I'm just asking for you to pray about what God has called you to do as a part of the church. Not, not in any kind of guilt trip sort of way. I'm just saying pray. And don't pray, don't, don't pray six months and be like, well, I've been praying. God's still not showing me anything. You know, I'm just going to keep on, keep on coming to the table. No, no, no. Get real with yourself. Pray and ask the Lord to, to give you a passion about something. And maybe the passion alone is just that you love people more, that you care more, that you want things to, you know, want people to feel at home more when they come to church, and how you might fit into ministry here. We have all kinds of ministry opportunities uh, and all of that. In fact, I'll just go ahead and throw this out there. Uh, but uh, we do a thing called volunteer orientation. We just did one. Several of you went through it. You've just signed up for some things. We're looking forward to you getting involved, by the way. Uh, by the way, we're also working on new processes and how to help 
the transition of making sure people that sign up to volunteer uh, volunteer. Some of you could probably say, hey, I signed up a long time ago to do something. I've still not ever, you know, gotten fit in. Please come and let us know that. That is not on purpose. Uh, people always, like, take everything personal. It is not. It is not personal. It is just because sometimes we don't have enough people that help with certain things that as the church grows and as the table grows to wait on it and to serve it. The table gets bigger. And one of the things that I'm reminded of is that Jesus and that little snippet of time there where he had with Peter after his resurrection. And Peter kept getting asked this question, Peter, do you love me? And Peter would say yes, and Jesus would say what? Feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. This is our calling. This is our purpose. Now, specifically how that purpose works out for you, that's for you and the Lord to figure out. I challenge you to do so. We see in Luke, back in Luke 10, and I just want to make quick mention of it because we ended and we didn't get to talk about it much with verse 3, that go your way, behold, I am sending you out as lambs in the midst of wolves. And we all love the sound of that, right? Because it's like, oh, okay, Jesus is sending us out as lambs in the midst of wolves. But then Jesus, coming down to verse 17, says that the 72 returned with joy, saying, with joy, did you hear that? Like, there is joy in serving the Lord. I'm telling you, when you get to be a part of God doing something, there is nothing and nowhere else that you would rather be. And they returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall hurt you. That's some armor of God stuff right there. Verse 20, nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Jesus is saying, that stuff can't hurt us. That stuff can't hurt us. He's got our back. He's going to protect us. He's going to see us through the things that he has called us to. Later on in Luke 2, again, this is why I said you should look at Luke 2. Luke 2 and John 6, you should read through both of those this week. I'm just telling you, just pray over them, read through them. There's so much to them, we don't even have the time. Uh, A lawyer comes to Jesus, asks Jesus, how do I get eternal life? And Jesus basically gives this love God, love people answer that we've talked about many times here that we know know as the uh, greatest commandment. Uh, And then in Luke 10, 33, he says, but a Samaritan had journeyed and came to where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. The Samaritan, the, the story of the Good Samaritan, and you know this story, right? And it's like, it's like a joke of like three men walking to a bar, a priest, a Levite, and a Samaritan. Only it's about a guy who's on the side of the road who's like going to die because he's been hurt. And the priest walks by and doesn't help him, and the Levite walks by and doesn't help him. But then in verse 33, but a Samaritan had journeyed and came to where he was, and he saw him, and he had compassion. He went to him, bound up in his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And the next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper, saying, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, I will repay you when I come back 
which of these do you think, this is Jesus asking him, which of these do you think proved to be the neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? And in verse 37, he said, the one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said to him, you go and do likewise. Our call in this world is to go and show mercy. This ain't Cobra Kai. Okay? I love Cobra Kai, but this ain't Cobra Kai. We are called to show mercy. We are called to love our neighbors. We are called to meet the needs of those in need. The harvest is plentiful, and the truth is is that some will sow, and some will water, and some will get to reap. And I'm telling you, when you get to reap, man, that is awesome. That is awesome stuff. But sometimes there's just a whole lot of sowing. Sometimes there's a whole lot of sowing. Sometimes there's a whole lot of watering. But man, when you get to reap, that is amazing. To get to see God change people's lives. To come and be a part of the body. But we can't do that if we sit back at the table and do nothing. We'll become sour and eventually we'll be pruned from the vine because we'll be worthless. You may be sitting here today and you may say, Chris, I, I hear you talking about all this stuff and it sounds a whole lot like you know you might be talking about trying to reach people like me. I, I don't know Jesus. I've, I've never trusted in Christ to be my Savior. I've never believed in that. I've never even completely understood that. And let me just say this. God loves you. God loves you and we love you. We did all this for you. We did all this that we might continue to reach people and make disciples. We'll be talking about that next week. We, we did all this that we might continue to reach people just like you, that people like you who have never understood or never believed, that they might believe for the first time in their life that God sent his only son to die, the death that we deserve as sinners, that we might be saved, that you might be saved. And you too can be saved. Jesus truly is the bread of life. And we would love for you to dine with us at the table. In fact, furthermore, we would love to serve you at the table. But it means all hands on deck. It means serving the body. It means serving our neighbors. This isn't just about our church and the ministries here, but it's about the ministry that we have wherever we go in this world. It means understanding that in 1 Corinthians 12, we see the picture of the church with so many body parts and that we're called to be different parts for a reason that all together God uses us as the body of Christ. So today, I challenge you, encourage you, that if God is speaking to your heart about serving Him in some way, listen. Listen to what He has to say. Let Him use His Word in your life to cultivate something within you to lead you to love others, serve others well. That it wouldn't just be table talk, but that it would be opportunity in front of you to be a part of seeing the kingdom of God moved forward. Let's pray together. God, thank you for your word. 
God, I pray that it would just speak to our hearts. God, I pray that it would speak to my heart. God, I pray that you would continue to show me what it looks like in my life to give to you through serving others, through loving others. God, help me to do that. Help me to do that well. God, rejuvenate us. Lord, for those of us that are tired, God, I pray that you would, you would give us a fresh wind in our spirit, Lord, that only could come from you, a peace that surpasses all understanding. Lord, that despite the things that we might be going through in life, Lord, that even still we would see the opportunity that we have, Lord, to serve you by serving others. God, use us. May we not do any of this, Lord, so that we feel good about it. May we not do any of this, Lord, that other people might see us do it, but God, that we might do it as worship to you. God, be glorified in us. May other people know who you are because they know us. Lord, use us for your kingdom. God, speak to the heart of anyone who's never believed in you today. Lord, save them. God, may today they speak up to someone and say, I want to know Jesus as my Savior. God, do the work in their heart that only you can do. Lord, thank you for your son, Jesus. We ask all this in his name.